Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Waiting on the return of the Lord does not mean that you're looking up in the sky and say, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm just, I'm just sitting here waiting on you. No, no that, that's not it. Stan and I know that. That's not it. That's not it. We miss that. He's not talking about that. He's talking about you being faithful. Say faithful. You being faithful to what he's called you to do. Will you be faithful? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. All right. Well, today we're going to continue uh, in the series entitled Net Fishing, Net Fishing. And I'm so glad that all of you are here. So glad that uh, our online community are joining us. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for your faithful viewing and listening from wherever you are all around the world. We bless you guys today in Jesus' mighty name. All right, our journey today goes into the book of Luke, Luke 12. Luke 12, and we're going to read verses 35 through 48. Luke 12. And we're going to read between uh, read from 35 to 48. And we're going to speak from the subject of we must be ready. We must be ready. This is what I believe the, the Lord has really placed upon my heart in this hour. We must be ready. Must be ready. All right. It reads like this in Luke 12, verse 35 through 48. It reads, let your loins, the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, of course, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. He said, uh, keep your clothes on and have your flashlight in your hand. Have your light in your hand. You're about to go somewhere. So again, he says, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Verse 36, and ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they rather, yeah, they may open unto him immediately, immediately. Now, remember in the wedding celebration in the, uh, in the Bible, a wedding celebration is not like ours today where you may go for a few hours and come back home. A wedding celebration may have taken place over an entire week or weeks, or even a month, they may be celebrating. So this Lord has gone away from his house for a period of time. And the Lord gives us this, in, this as an example. He says that when this master, this ruler has gone away, his servants should be ready to open unto him immediately when he knocks, immediately. All right, let's look at verse um, 37. We'll talk more about that as we go on. No, let's talk about 36 for a moment. The Lord said his servants must be ready for him when he knocks. Now that's reminiscent, of course, of Revelation, the third chapter. Revelation 3, verse 20 through 22. Now he says that we, his servants, his people, must be ready when he comes. We must be ready when he comes. And we're going to talk about being ready today because being ready does not mean that we just sit around and just look up at, at, at the sky and just wait. Lord, we're, we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. That is not being ready for the return of the Lord. 
the being ready for the return of the Lord simply means that we are faithful in doing what he's called us to do, that we are not swept away uh, with the things of this life, that we are not drunkard like the world and drunk and intoxicated by the things of our society, but we have a calm and cool head and we're waiting on the return of the Lord. So the Lord says again, he said uh, up in our very first verse, he says, uh, have your loins girded about you. In other words, have your clothes on and have your lights burning because you don't know when I'm coming. Now here's the, let me give you an example before we go to, before we go to revelation, the third chapter. Uh, uh, if any of you have ever taken a flight, ever flown a, a plane somewhere, you know that once you get into your concourse or when you get into the area where you're uh, going to board, in most airports, like in the Atlanta uh, airport, they'll have a lot of shops there. You can go and uh, buy some things. You can eat. All of that's all around where your plane is going to, going to depart. They want to get all the money out of you that they can while you're there waiting on your plane. So you have lots of distractions. And so really what is said there is that you must be ready. Go where you want to. Do what you want. But when that boarding sign comes on, bing, flight, whatever, whatever, to whatever destination is now boarding. If you're not boarding on that plane, that plane is not going to wait for you. You must be ready. We must be ready. So the Lord says here, you need to have your clothes on. You need to have your lights burning. You need to be looking for me. Because this Lord here, as he talks about when he is gone for a wedding, he's going to return. And when he returns, he said he's going to knock on the door. And that door must be open immediately, immediately. Now, let's look at the knocking on the door here. This is going to give a special reference, and we're going to see this again. Let's look at Revelation 3 now. Revelation 3, verse number 20 through 22. The Lord says here, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches." Notice the Lord says here to him, to him that overcomes, overcome what? Overcome sin? No, Jesus has already overcome the sin. He's already done the heavy lifting. God's not caught up in your sin. It's, this is not an issue of sin anymore. Once you're born again, it's not an issue of sin. It's an issue of righteousness. Are you going to receive the righteousness that Jesus provides for you? Are we going to continue to walk after the spirit, follow after the spirit? The Bible says that those that are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. I guarantee you, if you're following after the Holy Spirit, if you're concentrating and focusing on him and his righteousness, sin's not in the picture. You will only get into sin when you stop looking at him. When you stop focusing on righteousness, when you stop, that's when sin creeps in the door. When you look away from Jesus, just like when Peter walked on the face of the, walked on the water with Jesus, and he was fine as long as he kept his focus on Jesus. But the moment he became concerned about the wind bolsterous so or in other words we can say the moment he became intoxicated or he became drunk with the cares of life all around him all consumed about what's going on around him he could no longer do the supernatural 
He could no longer follow after Jesus, and he began to sink. Now, we thank God for, for the Lord's mercy because Peter cried out, Lord, save me. I love that. Save me. And Jesus picked him up, and they walked back to the ship together. But this overcoming thing, overcoming, is overcoming everything else that tries to distract you from following after Christ. This world wants to make you drunk and intoxicated, uh, but we must stay focused. We must stay focused. Now, look at uh, verse 37. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to read. I'm going to just go ahead and go ahead and read all of um, uh, Luke 12, 35 through, uh, 30, uh, through 48. Then we'll come back and talk about it, okay? All right, so let's look at uh, verse 37 again. He said, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you, that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. I, I can't do it. I got to stop right there. <laughs> I can't, James. I can't. Notice what the Lord said. I love it. Notice what he said. He said that when he comes, uh, if he finds you watching, if he finds you doing what he called you to do, not looking out the window, but there's a job, there's a duty, there's a kingdom destiny that it's called you to do. Whether it's running a food bank, whether it's singing on a worship team, whether it's unloading trucks, whether it's being a doctor, a nurse, whatever he has called you to do in life, whatever your destiny is, when he comes, will he find you so doing that activity that he's called you to do? Will he come, when he comes, will he find you uh, still having faith in him, waiting upon him, learning of him, knowing him? Is your life or your life be centered on him when he comes? Again, so waiting on the return of the Lord does not mean that you're looking up in the sky and say, God, I'm waiting on you. I'm just, I'm just sitting here waiting on you. No, no that, that's not it. Stan and I know that. That's not it. That's not it. We miss that. He's not talking about that. He's talking about you being faithful. Say faithful. You being faithful to what he's called you to do. Will you be faithful? Will you be faithful? And the things that we have to overcome are all those things that cause us not to be faithful. There'll be a lot of stuff that's going to cause you not to be faithful. A lot of distractions, a lot of people hating on you, uh, bills and money and the cares of this life and all this stuff will try to get you off of what God has called you to do. Uh, disappointments will try to get you off of what God has called you to do. I cannot tell you how many times throughout the years I have uh, looked at maybe our stats or whatever. Oh, this video only has these many plays. Oh, I feel so discouraged. What in the world? God didn't tell me. He never told me to, to preach for a number. He said, preach his word. And we can, we can get so distracted by things. We say, I've been working all these years and at this company, and I didn't make any money. I haven't made any money whatsoever. He didn't tell you to work for money. He said, be there because that's your assignment to do. That's your assignment in that place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says again, uh, let's look at verse 37 one more time. He says, blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. That is, you find working and doing what he's calling, calling you to do. He said, verily I say unto you that he, the Lord, if he finds you doing what he comes, if, when Jesus comes, if he finds you doing what he called you to do, if he finds you faithful, this is what's going to happen. He says, verily I say unto you that he, that is Christ, shall gird himself and shall, or rather, shall gird himself and make them, that's you and I, 
make you sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. This is a time of reward. This is a time of, of reward. When the rapture of the church occurs, when Jesus comes for his servants, comes for his, comes for his church, the Bible says that when he, when he comes, will he find you so watching or doing what he called you to do? When, when he finds you, when he comes, will he find you faithful? Yes, well, then he will come. And he, he will knock on the door and you open it immediately. Yes, Lord, we've been waiting on you. I've been waiting on your appearing. I've been waiting on your appearing. And when he comes, he will gird himself up. That is like he did before with the disciples. He put on a towel and he began to serve them. He began to wash his disciples' feet. He began to serve them. Now, notice something. Think about a fancy restaurant. And as the waiter uh, or waitress comes alongside of you, they ask for your order. They take your order and they bring the food out to you. They bring the drink out to you. This is a time for you to sit. You've been serving. But the Lord said, this is a time for you to sit now. He said, now I am going to serve you. I'm going to bring food out to you. I'm going to bring blessings out to you. Now, this is thrilling. This is thrilling. He said that he himself, he said he will gird himself or he will prepare himself and make you sit down now. Sit down. I love that he will make us because we'll be like, Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we made it in. We made it in. We made it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sit down now. Sit down now. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down now. I'm going to serve you. God is love. And don't you know a father loves to serve? And those that have a servant's heart are like our father. Hallelujah. And so he said, I'm going to make you sit down to meet or that is to uh, to food and will come forth and serve them. God said, I'll come forth and serve you. That's powerful. Whether he's doing it himself or whether he's having his angels to come forth and serve you. But he, there will be a time when he will cause, he will make things either himself will do it. or He'll serve you through angels or what have you. There'll be a time that you can sit down. And he said, now feast. I prepared this feast for you. Now sit down and eat. Who is he talking to? Those that have been faithful, those that have been watching. Now, this is going to happen. Glory to God. This is going to happen. Now, look at verse 38. Let's look at uh, verse 38 here again. Uh, Luke 12, verse 38 says, And if he shall come in the second watch and come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. Verse 39. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not, and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Verse 40, be ye therefore what? Ready. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. You see that? So we, I want you to see some things here. When I love the Lord, because he gives us these snapshots or images of what's going to happen, what's going to happen. So when the rapture of the church occurs, he's telling you to be ready. And we know to be ready does not mean just sitting at the door, looking out the window. When the whole world is going to hell, uh, I cannot see God would be pleased with us just sitting out the church doors and looking out the window waiting for Jesus to come back. No, we're busy doing what he called us to do. Glory to God. We're busy doing and understand the place that he's called you to be in, the place that he called you to minister in. That's helping people to know Christ. Some of us will plant 
that is to give the word forth. And some of us will water. That is, we are confirming the word to others. Your life is demonstrating Christ is real. Glory to God. You're giving people words of encouragement. You're helping to love them and steward them into the kingdom, uh, helping to disciple them. Some of us will plant and will water, others will water, but God himself will give the increase. So whatever you do, whether you're a doctor or a nurse, whether you uh, get trucks for the food bank, whether you unload trucks for the food bank, or whether you serve a community on the streets, whatever you do, wherever you are, whether you're a fry cook at McDonald's, if God has put you there, that's your assignment, at least at that moment, then that has a divine purpose to it. And people are seeing you as they seeing you. They're also uh, being led to Christ in some way or some fashion. They're being led to Christ. God has people everywhere doing during kingdom business. Amen. So verse 40, verse 40 says again, be ye therefore ready also for the son of man, uh, son of man cometh at an hour when you think not. Now look at verse 41. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, uh, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? Now, here's the Lord Jesus, Jesus response here, because Peter was saying, Lord, you want us to be ready for you? But we right here with you. You, you talking about us? Yeah, I'm talking to you, Peter, talking to all the disciples and all people out there listening as well. Then the Lord gets direct. Now, I need you to hear this because this talks about the faithful servants that's coming up here. The faithful servants. There are four categories. And I pray that you are not in pray that you're in the very first one and you're not in the last three. Are you hearing Four categories of servants. All right. Let's look at this. And uh, verse 41 says again, when Peter said unto him, rather than Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? Look at uh, um, verse 42. And, and the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household? to give them their portion of meat in due time. Do you see that again? You see God giving you meat. He's giving you food. He's giving you rewards. Okay, giving you rewards. Now, let's read that one more time. He said, verse 42, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Faithful and wise steward. Again, faithful and wise steward. Whom? Now, he's going to, list further on down the qualifications of being faithful and wise steward. All right, please hear this. Please hear this because you're actually in training right now for your eternal destiny. And what you do now will affect your rewards then. You'll see this. The Lord says, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make what? Make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. Ruler meaning manager. Uh, ruler meaning one who is, who, who is given authority to operate in the household. Has the authority to say and to, the authority to do. Ruler, all right? God wants to make you a ruler. He wants to make you a king. As a matter of fact, as we go through eternity, and I'll show you this, if not today, but in coming weeks, maybe the Lord will, throughout eternity, you'll be ruling with him over the kingdom, over God's 
divine vast kingdom. Throughout eternity, we just won't be sitting on clouds playing harps, tiptoeing through the tulips. We'll be ruling and reigning with Christ throughout an eternity, throughout eternity. And the Lord will give you a kingdom. He will give you a place to rule and to reign in his name. And this will be something that is extremely joyous. I mean, every day, joyous, if you can say day in eternity. Joyous thing that God has given you to do. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. All right, let's go a little bit further. So one more time, verse 42 says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler, that's important, make ruler over his household. Say ruler. ruler. Say ruler. ruler. Shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion. You got a portion of meat in due, in due uh, season. Look at verse 43. Blessed is that servant. Now we're talking about the faithful and wise servant. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so what? So find so watching. So find so watching out the window for him, sitting down doing nothing. What did he say? He said, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him what? So doing, 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 doing. Now, your rewards in, her, in heaven are not based on your, your works merely. They're based on your faithfulness. You got that? They're based on your faithfulness. Because you will weather many storms. You will weather many, many, many storms from the devil, from Satan, to try to pull you out of your place of power, to pull you out of your divine destiny. But you must weather those storms. Whether those storms come from people, again, nagging at you, talking about you, scheming and plotting, trying to get you to leave the job, trying to get you to leave your assignment, or whether that uh, comes from uh, some form of uh, physical, physical pain, physical ailment. I, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. Or whether that comes through financial, financial things you're lacking in this area or in that area or through disappointments. The enemy can try to use several streams to get you to stop and leave your kingdom assignment. He will try to wear you out so that you will not be faithful. But to him, her that overcomes when the Lord comes, when he finds you so doing what he's called you to do, you will receive a reward more valuable than what you'd ever thought or imagined. Let's look further on here. Let's look at, uh, I think we, let's look at verse, uh, let's go back to verse 43, then we go on. It says, 43, says, Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verse 44, of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him, what? Ruler over, what? All that he hath. Notice that the Lord used that word ruler again. He will make you ruler over how many things that he has? All he has. He said, if I, if I come and I find you faithful doing what I called you to do in your kingdom assignment, first of all, you're going to sit down and I'm going to serve you. Woo, glory. I'm going to serve you. I got some things to give you. And then I'm going to make you ruler over all I have. It won't be the angels in charge. No, it's, it's the body of Christ 
body of Christ in charge, you'll find out that Jesus, of course, is seated uh, with the Father at his right hand, and we are seated with Christ. So that means throughout eternity, we, as we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, we'll be ruling with Christ, ruling over everything. Now, this is, this, is, this is unimaginable. Verse 44 says again, Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him a ruler over all that he hath. And God has a lot of stuff. He says, uh, the Father is willing to give you these things. Look at verse 45. He says, uh, as a matter of fact, let's talk about that for a moment too. Oh my goodness, let's talk about that for a moment. Um, Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, oh, let's do that. Let's go to Revelation 3 again in verse 21. Let's go to Revelation 3 and verse 21 once again. To the overcomer, to the one who the Lord finds faithful in doing what he's called them to do. Look at this again. Let us back this up to you. Revelation 3 verse 21 says, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me. With me. Now, where's Jesus seated? The Bible says that when Jesus ascended uh, from the earth, when he was resurrected, he ascended above all heavens. He ascended above all heavens. That's what Jesus did. He ascended above all heavens that he may feel all things. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay? There is no one higher than God. There is nothing higher than God. He sits in the highest and most supreme place. The general rule is whoever sits highest is the one in charge. Just like when you go into a courtroom, the judge's chair sits highest over the entire room. Jesus said here, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am sat with my father in his throne. My God. Isn't that something? Jesus tells you, come on and sit with me. You will rule with me. You will reign with me. Come on and sit with me. Now he gives you this, not again, not based on your works, but based on your faithfulness you overcoming those things that are trying to stop you. And if you're on a kingdom assignment, things will try to stop you. The devil will try to stop you from doing it. Now look at one more. I want you to see this too. Let's look at Luke. Let's look at Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, 32. I want you to see this as well. Luke 12, 32. It says this, fear not little flock for it is your father's what? Good pleasure to do what? Give you the kingdom. God wants to give you the kingdom. Again, what's happening here? The Lord's saying over and over again, over and over again, that as we go throughout eternity, we're not just going to be sitting around. He's, we're going to be seated with him, ruling over everything that he has. Now, the Hubble telescope and all this stuff that they say, oh, the galaxy is way out there. No, it's a lot more than that. The Bible, or rather, even science says that the universe is expanding. 
It is ever expanding and increasing. God's work is still being done. His word, let there be light, 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 light. The words that he spoke in Genesis are still creating. Matter is still being created right now. You can check that out on NASA.com, I guess. I don't know. But it's still, things are still being created. Stars and planets are still being born. I mean, they're being created all around us. And God said, in that vast universe of things, we will sit with him and rule. Either, are there life, is there life on other planets? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, we'll be ruling with him throughout an eternity. Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome. All right, let's go back a little bit further. Now let's go back again to Luke uh, 12, verse 44. says again, I want you to see this. It says, of a truth I send to you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath." Now look at verse 45. But, and if that servant say in his heart. Now this is what you don't want to be. But, and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the, the maid, rather beat the manservants and maidens and to eat and drink and be drunken and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him, a, cut him, cut him in sunder or in pieces and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Now notice something here. These four type servants. Now notice this bad servant here. We begin to see his true character and true nature uh, over time. Because time reveals who we really are. Time reveals. This servant said, you know, this may be someone who goes to church or what have you. Or who, who names the name of Christ. They are in effect a wolf in sheep's clothing. And over time they say, you know what? Jesus is not coming back. You know, I don't have to fool with this, you know. And then they begin to make trouble for those that are doing the work of God. The Bible says they begin to beat them. Now, this may not have been a physical beating, but you can beat with your tongue, beat with your words. Beat with your plotting and your planning. You're trying to derail or trying to distract them from doing what God has called them to do. They say, the Lord's not coming. You know, hey, Jesus is not coming. But if he's coming, he's coming way off yonder somewhere. You know what? I'm going to go and stir up trouble uh, for them over there. I'm going to stir up trouble for Linda. I'm going to stir up trouble for Barbara. I'm going to go and stir up trouble for them. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to make it hard for them to do what Jesus called them to do. And then they began to eat and drink and just party and, and get drunk. And they're not, they're no longer concerned for Jesus. They're no longer wait, watching or waiting on the coming of the Lord. They're no longer serving or being faithful at what Jesus has called them to do. Now they're becoming a hindrance. Now they're revealing their true nature. You were never with Christ in the first place. You were just hanging around a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now let me show you a little bit more about that as we begin to close. Because I'm telling you, our true natures will come forth over time. Let's look at Matthew 25. Matthew 25. Let's look at verse number 26. 
as the Lord talks about Matthew 25, verse 26, as the Lord talks about the, um, the, uh, the, the 10 talents or the servants that he gave the, the talents to, one of those servants, you know, got one, another one got, I believe, two, another one got, I believe, received five. And at the very end, the Lord comes back and, and says, well, what have you done with what I've given to you? Were you faithful over what I gave to you? Well, the one that received one, he said, well, I went and I dug a hole and I hid, hid it. And here it is. This is your talent. I'm giving it back to you. He was not faithful over what God gave him. And the Lord, this is the Lord's judgment over him. He says in verse 26, this is Matthew 25, verse 26. He says, his Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant. Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not and gathered where I I have not strawed. So over time, what he was came forth. He was wicked and lazy. You didn't see that at the very beginning when he received his talent. You didn't see that. But over time, we saw his true nature. Let's look at another one. Let's look at um, Matthew 13. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 27 through 30. This is the parable of the wheat and the tares. The wheat and the tares, Matthew 13, verse 27 through 30. It says this. It says, so the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? Remember, during the day they sowed good seed. Good seed, the servants, the master gave them good seed to sow into his field, and everything was fine. But the next morning they got, they slept. Next morning they found tares growing up with it. Bad things growing up with the good. Look at verse 28. Verse 28 says, he said unto them, an enemy have done this. The servant said unto him, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? 29. But he said, nay, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Look at verse 30. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles uh, to burn them. But gather the wheat into the barns, into the barn. Now notice again, you didn't know what it was until time. Time had to take place. So you don't know who is saved and who is not saved. They will show their true nature over time. The Lord said, I know who belongs to me. He knows who belongs to him. So again, let's go back to Luke as we begin to close here. Let's go back to Luke here. Uh, and let's uh, verse Luke 12. Let's look again at verse number 45. It says, Luke 12, verse 45, it says, But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat um, the, man, the men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and to be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him, cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers." Why is he appointed a portion with the unbelievers? Because now he has proven that he is not a believer. He is not interested in doing what God has called him to do. He's there to be a hindrance, to be a distraction, 
In terrorism, you may call them a sleeper cell. You know, they have people, you know, I'm told anyway, that will may come and become a citizen in a foreign land. And uh, they have a mission from their country. Something, and they, they, they know the plan, they know what they're going to do. But they sleep on that mission. They're not active in that mission. So they go get a job. They, they do all these things all around. They become a, an active member of the community until they get a phone call. When they get a phone call, then they go crazy doing terrorist things and killing people. Some that you may think are of Jesus are really not of Jesus, but you won't know until the time. They will always review, reveal their true nature. Always reveal their true nature over time. Now, let's look at verse 47 as we begin to close here. He says, now, I want you to notice this too. So you say, well, I'm not like them. I know I believe in Jesus, and I'm not trying to, 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 to prevent anybody from doing what God has called them to do, either by my words or either by my works. They're doing what Jesus called them to do, and, and I am not trying to distract them. I know that's not me. All right, well, let's see if you fit in the other two categories, and hopefully you do not. Look at verse 47. The Lord says here, and that's, um, okay, uh, verse 40, uh, verse 47 says, and that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself. So that's someone who knows the word, know what God told him to do, but you don't prepare yourself. Neither did according to his will. What will happen to him? Shall be beaten with many stripes. Now, notice the first time somebody was beaten, it was a fellow servant. It was a wolf in sheep's clothing that was trying to distract you from doing what God called you to do. They were beating on you, either by their words or by their, their activity, trying to stop you from doing what God said. Now, they may not have known what they were doing, but they were being used by Satan to try to stop you, to give up, to, to no longer do your kingdom assignment. But now we see the Lord, and this person is clearly seen before God. They, they knew what to do, and, um, but they just didn't do it. They just did not do what God called them to do. The Bible says again, they, in verse 47, and that servant which, which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, will be beaten with many stripes. Now, it would seem to be the Lord will be beating you with many stripes, but that's not what the word is saying. Now, remember, in Isaiah, the Bible says that Jesus was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon you. In other words, the punishment that brought you peace was upon, was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. So you're not going to be beaten in the presence of the Lord because Jesus already took the punishment for you. But what will actually happen here, I believe, is that you will know the Lord's displeasure. You will know, you will know what you should have done, and he knows what you should have done. And the knowledge of that, I'm not sure if you've ever had a parent or someone that you deeply respected uh, and they looked at you disapproving. It's something for man to do that. Mm. I'm disappointed. Wow. That's being beaten with many stripes. Or finding those words of, now it doesn't mean they didn't love you. It doesn't mean the parents didn't love you. This person that you respected 
didn't love you. Didn't mean that. Didn't mean that they don't accept you for who you are. But it says, I'm disappointed. This is displeasure. These stripes representing here the Lord's displeasure. Not because of who you are, but because of what you've done or rather didn't do. They're still called servants. They're not cast out. The first, the one who was beating his fellow servants, being the distraction, that was cast out. He's not, this person's not cast out. They're still in the Lord's presence. You're still in glory, glory to God. You're not going to hell. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God, praise God, praise God. But you see and know the displeasure of the Lord. Although only momentary. When I got a whooping, it didn't last all day long when I was coming up. It was only for a moment. And then that moment was gone. But there was a displeasure that told me my parents were not pleased. When I got a punishment that, my, that told me my, my parents were not, not pleased. They still loved me. I was still their son. Still had my same room. Still had my little Atari and whatever, little games or whatever. It's way back in the day. Still had all that. That told me they weren't pleased. Only for a moment. Then we can go on. This will happen. This will happen. This will happen. The Lord's displeasure. What form it takes, I don't know. It may be a word. It may be a look. But it will be like being meat. The Lord's displeasure. Now look at um, what verse that we stop on. All right. Let's uh, verse 47 again. It says, and that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Now look at verse 48. You don't want to be in this category either. Verse 48 says, but he that knew not. You say, I didn't know. I didn't come to church. I didn't study my Bible. He that knew not and, and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. You say, I don't know. That's no excuse. You should have known. You could have known. But you chose not to know. You see that? Even that will receive the displeasure of the Lord. Now you know you could have known. Now you know it. Yeah, Lord, I know it. You know I still love you, right? Yeah, Lord. I'm not sure what form it's going to take. You, you hear what I'm saying? We, the Lord made it available. You could have known it if you wanted to know it. Uh, 48 again, it says, but he that knoweth not, rather he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes, you did some stuff, shall be beaten with many, rather shall be beaten with few, shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whosoever much is given, for unto whosoever much is given to him shall be much required. Now, what's the much God's given you? Everything. He's given you rulership over everything. So that's much given. And because the, because the reward is much, the requirement is much. This is not requiring. God's not requiring you. Say He's not telling you, okay, you will go live a life without sin. That is not a requirement because remember, Jesus dealt with the sin. He's telling you to be faithful of what I called you to do. And as you're faithful of what he called you to do, sin won't be in the picture. Not as much. You can't focus on Christ and focus on his word and focusing on staying in his presence, focus on doing what he called you to do and stay in sin. You're going to only stay in sin when your focus is off of Jesus and you're no longer looking for him. You're no longer faithful to him. Then you will find sin at the door. 
You got what I'm saying to you? He says again, verse 48, for unto whomsoever much is given of him, much rather of him shall be much required. And the last word here, and of whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Now, for some, that's a very sad thought. You're already committed and you, you've been given something and you're already faithful with something. But then people want to give you more things to do. That's what the Lord says here. He says, he says, uh, and to whom men have committed much or entrusted much into your care of him or of her, they will ask the more. I see you're faithful. What you're doing? I know your hands are full. But here's more. I know you're faithful to what you're doing. Yeah, because you're faithful, here's more. I want to give you more. Now, men got that sense. Men got that sense. Guess what? You found faithful, God will make you ruler overall. Overall. But we must be ready. We must be ready. Father, I pray that your word today was clear and uh, that your voice was distinctive among all other voices and that your people have heard what you've had to say and that your people will be ready, that they will be found faithful, that we will be found faithful at doing what you called us to do before you return. You're coming soon. You're coming like a, like a thief in the night, the scripture says. You're coming at an hour that we do not know. And Lord, we, Lord, we want to be found faithful. So Lord, we ask that you would uh, strengthen us and encourage us and give us a fresh anointing for this brand new day that we may do what you've called us to do help us to turn our face toward you and away from the things of the world help us to stay focused on you and what you've called us to do that we may be faithful and wise stewards faithful and wise servants when you return and when you return and knock on the door lord may we open the door to you immediately and we thank you, Lord, that we will, that you'll sit us down and, and have supper with us and, and, and serve us and we'll serve, serve you and serve with you throughout all eternity. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for what you've said and what you're saying in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Love you guys. Be ready. See you next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.